Welcome to The Light of the World. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are coming upon the most holiest of days that is celebrated by Christian believers. It is a time that we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to present you a series of messages that will help you to understand what Jesus Christ did, but more importantly, why he did it. It was to offer sinful people eternal life. I want you to listen closely and even contact someone in your family who needs to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the end of today's message, we're going to share an opportunity for you or anyone you know to come to know Jesus. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. The story of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is over 2,000 years old. And there are not many who do not know some parts of the story. But each time I read the story again, I find new insights into the level of sacrifice and mercy that was poured out for our salvation. There are those who are so thankful for the amazing grace that we can forever sing the song that says, Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget, no, never. There are those who are so pleased and so happy with what Christ has done in their life that they have declared they will never forget. But it seems like the the further away we get from the moment of our salvation experience sometimes, we do not seem to appreciate the the monumental, we don't know how good God is. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Ain't he good? There are others who, after being exposed to the grace of God and goodness of God, still choose to reject the mercies of God. As we share our faith with others and tell people about Jesus Christ, there are those who seem like they don't want to hear it. And in fact, they don't want to hear it. But Jesus finished his work on the cross, and that work is available to all, whether we accept it or reject it. He still made the way for our salvation, and our eternal life. But I want to share how through his own execution, Jesus still gathered men to eternal life, which was his mission. In order to get a complete picture of all we know about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and and his trial and those last moments, you will have to read the account in all four of the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, when I was a new believer and I first started reading the scriptures, I would read through Matthew and then I would read Mark and then I'm thinking, you know, it seemed like I read this story before. Then I'd read Luke and I'm thinking, why are they telling me the same thing again? Then I'd read John and I'd hear again, I'm thinking, you know, this is repeating itself. But what you have are four writers who all from their own view and what they saw wrote down some notes. 
some are more descriptive than others and some included more information than others. So in order to get the full picture, you need to read them all because some might leave out a detail that another one might have included. In other words, four of us can see the same event and not describe it the same way. And so that's why we have the four versions in the gospel and each of them talked a little bit about the uh, crucifixion from their perspective. And I want to read a couple of lengthy passages and then I want to zero in on something that I want to share with you today. We're going to start with the book of Mark, chapter 15, verses number 16 and following. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. And again, they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. They led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexandria and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it, and they crucified him, dividing up his clothes. They cast lots to see what each would get. Then Mark goes on to tell us, it was the third hour when they crucified him. Now they began counting their hours at six in the morning. So six was the first hour. So the third hour was nine. Nine o'clock in the morning, he was taken out to be crucified. I don't know about you, but that's kind of early to me to get hung on a cross. Nine in the morning. Now he'd been up all night being beaten and tried. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. And then a little comment that Mark gives us in verse 27. They crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled inserts, insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. Then I want to look at what Matthew says about this passage. Matthew chapter 27, verse 41, Matthew talks about it, and he said this. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In verse 44, he says, in the same way, the robbers who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. The robbers. And then we're told here uh, something different from uh, what Mark said in verse 45. He said, from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. Darkness came over all the land. The sixth hour was 12 o'clock. The crucifixion started at nine and now it's 12 and darkness come. Three hours hanging on the cross already. It's already been a long day for the Lord. 
So from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, darkness came over the land. It got dark. It wasn't just a minor eclipse of the sun. It stayed dark for three hours at least. About the ninth hour, that's three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then here's John's view of it in John chapter 19, verse 16 and 18. John wrote this, finally, Pilate handed him over to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus, carrying his own cross. He went out to the place of the skull in which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. Here they crucified him and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Later, knowing that all was now completed and so the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, we've heard from Mark, John, and Matthew. Each of them, although they've given a little bit of a different view of what was happening, each of them commented on these two men who were crucified with him. And that got my attention. I said, here's these two guys. And I'm going to spend some time talking about these two men because I think they represent every one of us. These two guys who are nameless in the scripture. And the only one that gave us a better description of what was happening with these two guys was Luke. Everybody else just mentioned them. Mark said there were two men who were crucified with him, two criminals, two robbers. John said that there were two, but he said they were crucified with him, but Jesus was in the middle. But let's look at what Luke tells us about these men. Of Luke chapter 23, Two other men, both criminals. Now, Luke was a doctor, a physician, and he was used to being more detailed. He says, two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. And when they came to the place called the skull, they were crucified with him along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. In verse 39, we have that one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserved. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I'll tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. I want to point out uh, from these passages the opportunity and the opposition to receiving Jesus Christ when things are really going bad for you. That's the point when most people come to Christ when things are going bad. Because when things are going well and we have it going on, uh, we have a tendency to put the Lord on the back burner. 
Okay, let me, let me, somebody going to say amen over here in this section probably. And I, I tell you, if you say amen a lot, I'm going to finish quicker. But people have a tendency, you know how when it's going well and, and, and the job is going well and you're making good money and you have a little extra change and you just bought that new car and you got that new house and, and you've been praying and asking God to, to bless you and the Lord start blessing you. Now you got your motorcycle and a boat and, and Sunday is just as good a day as any to go to the lake. You know, because I work hard and I've accomplished some things. I've, I've got an education and I deserve to enjoy what I've worked so hard for. The only time I can go to the lake is on Sunday. But when they come and repossess that boat and you went to the doctor and he said, I got something I need to share with you. Ask your family to come in with you. And the first thing you say is, oh Lord, so when things are going bad, it changes our perspective on what we're doing. You know, the repo man comes <laughs> and things start looking bad. But each of the gospel writers pointed out the fact that these two men who were executed with Jesus, so I want to take a closer look at them. They were introduced to Jesus the morning of their last day. I'm, I'm trying to think about what it looked like on that execution morning. Jesus had been up all night. I don't know about these guys, and, and it's probably hard to sleep on the night before you're going to get executed. It's probably hard to just have a good night's sleep. What do you think? And, uh, you know, and they didn't, they didn't have lethal injection where they just put you on a gurney and strap you down and gave you some drugs to drip in your, uh, on your IV and you just sleep away. Good night. This was an execution, and this wasn't the first execution that they've ever witnessed. They, this was something as a normal practice to, for the Romans, and it was so horrific that polite Roman society wouldn't even discuss executions because it was so horrific when they would uh, uh, take you and nail you to a cross and hang you up and, and, and stab you in the side and beat you and all of those kinds of things. And they knew what was going to happen. And here they are uh, carrying their cross and they run into another man who's carrying his and his name is Jesus. And the only thing the Bible tells us about these two guys is that they were robbers, thieves. Not just thieves, but they were robbers. See, there's different kinds of thieves and different levels of thieves. There are those who are burglars and there are those who are robbers. And then there are those who are thieves. What's the difference? Burglars are ones that come in and go through your stuff when you ain't looking. Robbers will take your stuff off of you while you are looking. That's the difference. Thieves will steal out in the open. But they call them robbers. And, and one commentator said they were robbers with violence and, and, and probably have murdered in the course of their robbery. And the scripture doesn't tell us the name of these two guys, but I wonder if they knew each other. Because birds of a feather usually flock together. And this is Jerusalem in a time where, where you know, when they got caught, they got executed. And, and these two guys knew, probably knew each other and they both had been sentenced to die. And they probably were sentenced to die along before Jesus Christ because it seems that, that the Romans says, hey, since we're going to execute these other two, just go and throw him in the mix. Let's do it now. 
So Jesus is coming, and I don't know what they said to each other. What do you say to the man who's going to die next to you? Say, hey, how's it going? What's up? How you feeling today? What are you going to say to the guy who's going to get crucified right next to you? But we're told that there were, it was nine o'clock in the morning and they were being nailed to a cross. And they knew that it was only going to be a few more hours to live. And as they were nailed and as they were raised up, the crowd was around and they were hurling insults. Mark tells us that Jesus, the, the scribes, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the elders, they were talking about Jesus. Oh, so you think you something, huh? Oh, I thought you said you were going to just, uh, you were the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Yeah, I saw you working some miracles. Did you walk on water? Come off and walk off that cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said you walked on water. Let me see you walk off the cross. And the thieves on, and on both sides, uh, Mark tells us that the thieves were, were, were in on it. They were like, yeah. And you know, sometimes when you're down, you want somebody to be under you. You don't want to be the lowest of the low. And even when you're going through something, you try to find somebody that's lower than you and look down on them. And so while they're up there and everybody's talking about Jesus, they joined in with them. Yeah. You're supposed to be something. But I believe something began to happen in that span of six hours as one on the one side is criticizing Jesus, the other one probably as he began to criticize began to take notice of how Jesus was responding to the criticism. But Jesus found himself hanging between these two men. They were both thieves and robbers. They were both arrested for the same crime. They were both sentenced to die. They were both crucified with Christ and both had an opportunity to change their destiny at the last minute. They both had a chance to change their destiny. One understood it and the other one didn't. Verse 39 of that text in Luke says, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. So as they got closer, he's still insulting. He said, aren't you supposed to be the Christ? He's hanging up there. Ain't you supposed to be the Christ? Won't you get yourself down and then get me down too? <laughs> come on now, come on man, show me. You're supposed to be so bad. Come on, get on down. If you get down, get on. If you get down, then come get me. Isn't that what he was saying? Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. He said us, him and his buddy. Save our life. Get us out of this mess. I don't have any alternative. My back is against the wall. You're my only hope. I'll try anything about now. You know, I've seen people who, whose lives are, are so messed up. You know, if the Lord will help, I think I might try I think I'll try. Let me try to be a Christian. Let me try to go to church because that might help me. They're not looking to live a life for Christ. They're looking for how to get out of a crisis. He wasn't looking for Christ. He was looking on how to get out of a crisis. If you're the son of God, if you can help. I mean, I have nobody else to turn to. The lights are going out. Hello. Can, 
He didn't have an eternal perspective like many of us. He turned to Jesus in desperation to get him out of a jam. Can you get me out of this mess, Lord? I don't care who you are if you can get me out of this mess. The other man had a different perspective. Now, maybe he got a clue when the lights went out. The Bible says that at noon, the lights went out. Jesus was talking to his father. Maybe that man heard them. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Lights went out. It was broad daylight, noontime. The lights went out. They had to get the torches and light them. And he said, you know what? Homeboy might know what he's doing. <laughs> I better rethink this thing. Sound like he got a connection. And he turned to his friend, you know, now they're talking, now one is on one side of Jesus, he's on the cross, the other one's on the other side. Now he's talking across the cross. <laughs> right? He's talking to his friend as he says, don't you fear God? You can't see him that good, but he just, <laughs> don't you fear God? Since we're under the same sentence, they got us, man, we're guilty. But this man's not guilty. We deserve to die. He don't deserve to die. This man has done nothing wrong. I know a crook when I see one. This other man seemed to got a glimpse of the next life. I'm wondering if he got a glimpse while he was hanging on the cross, when his life was beginning to ebb and flow out of him. I've heard people say, you know, when you're very, very close to death and you're right in between, right there where that line is, where it's fuzzy, you can start seeing over on the other side. I had an uncle that was near death. And he started talking to somebody that uh, had died a long time ago. And then he was said, if you start talking to him, he's almost there. You know, when you're starting to die, you get a reality that grips you sometimes of, you know, this thing is real. I'm about to go from this life to the next one. I don't know how close he was. Maybe the heat got turned up and the hell fire started raging. Maybe he started to feel the temperature rising. I don't know. But right there, he's hanging there from 9 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon. And something began to transpire in him where he says, this guy here in the middle, I, don't, I never met him before this morning. Uh, he's hanging up here with me, but there's something different about him. And I believe he has a connection eternally. He got a glimpse of the next life. And then he, he said to Jesus, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, that's all he asked the Lord. Will you remember me? In other words, I believe that you're going to come into your kingdom. That's faith. I believe you're going to come into your kingdom. I want you to remember me. That was enough for Jesus. Jesus said, I got one more coming in, and he's coming in with me. Today, you are going to be with me in paradise. This is Jerry G. Martin, and we brought you a message today to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we are coming toward our Good Friday and Easter celebration, our Resurrection Sunday, I think it is so vital that we share the message of the grace and the goodness, the redemption and the forgiveness that Jesus Christ brings to every person. I don't know who you are, and I don't know where you are, and I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. I want to give you an opportunity, if you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, to make a decision right 
now. It was Jesus who said, I don't come for those who are. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. If you are lost and you feel hopeless or helpless or disconnected in your spiritual life, today is a great opportunity for you just to turn to Christ and invite him into your heart, invite him into your life, and he will come in with his divine power and his spirit and he will do for you what he's done for me and so many others. He will turn your life around. If you would like us to join you and pray with you and help you to get connected, call us right now at 281-964-1393 and say, I made a decision for Christ. I need to get connected so I can continue to grow. Again, that's 281-964-1393. Jesus Christ came to give you everlasting life and we will walk that journey out with you. Be sure to call us and then join us for our Easter Sunday service at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Umble Road or online at lowcf.org. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.